I said while I was going through the school at Bear Valley to, to people around me uh, to encourage them was if I can do it, you can do it too. Uh, here you have some homeschooled uh, country bumpkin, right? <laughs> and I'm able to go through uh, an accredited Bible school, Bible college, and, and, and get a degree doing that. I'm able to look at God's Word and, and at least attempt to grasp what God has for me in life and, and what He instructs all of mankind to do. And if I can do it, you can do it too. Welcome back to Meet the Ministers. We are in beautiful... Gunnison, Colorado, and I am here with my co-host. Hey, how's Al it Robinson. going? <laughs> How you doing, Al? I am uh, ill, uh, so I do apologize to our listeners ahead of time. Uh, I won't be as talkative <laughs> this time. <laughs> I knew something was off about you, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> today, I guess we can call it a cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We are here today in Gunnison, uh, Colorado, at the Church of Christ here with uh, Mr. Adam Hahn. He was baptized in 2009 and entered into ministry in 2010 by assisting his local preacher with evangelistic efforts and Bible studies. In 2015, he began his first full-time preaching position at the Calhan Church of Christ. Adam has been with the Gunnison Church of Christ since February of 2001, and he holds a degree from the Bear Valley Bible Institute. Adam, we are so happy you were here with us today, and we... You guys just called you up randomly, like what two weeks ago? Yeah, about yeah. two weeks ago, and I'm we, I'm glad that you guys have uh, considered me to be part of this, and uh, glad yeah. to be here talking with you guys. And this is great because this is the first time we've actually talked to someone we've never met before. The yeah. day we're shooting a podcast, right? <laughs> so this is great, and we've been talking here for oh, probably well over an hour now. Are we now? Yeah, yeah. Just and it's crazy how small our world is, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Getting to know Alex. It's Alex, right? Not Alec. Alec with a C. Alec. Yeah. I've known your dad for years. Uh, he went to the same school I went to. Yep. Uh, small world. Small uh, world. Yeah. Small yep. world. I had no idea that you were uh, Kevin's brother-in-law. I know. So Don't hold it against me. Just ends up being kind of funny how small the world <laughs> really is. So. Yep. It's great. And so we're very happy you're here with us today. This is a this is a blessing to everyone listening. Yeah. Again, good. Uh, glad that you guys considered having me on so yeah all right well let's jump right into it how were you brought up well i was actually raised in the church i don't know if you want to say it that way but i grew up in the church uh like many christians that i've met have uh and kind of an interesting backstory um my grandfather my uncle and my dad planted a church in calhan colorado we all lived close to each other uh some towns there in calhan colorado eastern plains mm-hmm. right and there wasn't an established church. The closest ones were Colorado Springs or Lyman Church of Christ, which was 30 minutes to an hour's drive from us. So my grandfather, my dad, and my uncle all planted a church in Colorado or in Calhoun, Colorado. And that's kind of the atmosphere I grew up in. So they were obviously very passionate to be able to pull that off. Oh, yeah. Very passionate. Uh, again, 
uh, I grew up with six siblings of my own, and then I had six cousins on top of that. So they knew they had a, a leadership position to fill and a responsibility to raise each and every one of us as mm-hmm. Christians and, and have a good church environment for that. So it was something that was important to them, and, and they were able to do that. So where, do you, where do you fall on the line as far as your siblings? So I'm the middle child oh, wow, uh, in right? my family. Very cool. All right, so raised in the church. Raised yep. in the church. So we look at, you know, 2009, you were baptized. What, what brought you to conviction? So something my dad was always big on. Um, growing up, we'd ask him the definition of a word. We would ask him what something was, and he would tell us, go look it up. Go figure it out. And something that my dad did and was real big on, again, he was a leader and a teacher in the church, um, he really was drawn to Christian evidences and was teaching through that sort of thing. And that's when I started to see there was a disconnect by what was being taught in school, being taught in the world, versus what my dad and, and what the church was saying um, is the way things were. You know, you have the the what Darwin is, a, a historical narrative uh, of things that have happened, whereas you had the church, which gives us a, a different historical narrative from the, the perspective of Genesis, right? And I saw that there was something different there, uh, and I wanted to dive into that a little deeper and see what was the truth. I didn't want to just accept blindly what my family, uh, my grandfather, my dad, my uncle, again, these leaders that I've known, didn't want to just accept blindly, wanted to make this my own. So I kind of went on a search um, for a while yeah, uh, on my own. And do you think your dad, had you look stuff up? Um, like you said, he did it on purpose, but what do you think that purpose was? I think it was to get us to, to be knowledge seekers and, and, and be able to learn on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big advocate of that. Here in Gunnison, we've been teaching a class on how to read the Bible. And one of the main points that I began with is if you want to learn how to read the Bible, learn how to teach the Bible. <laughs> um, because if, if you're trying to learn to teach it to somebody else, you're going to try and articulate. And you're going to try and, and learn well enough what you're studying so that you can present it to somebody else. And the reason I teach that in this how to read the Bible class is because that's exactly what happened to me. Um, we can get into that when we talk about a couple of people that pushed me into ministry Yeah, um, when we get there. Yeah, but, so your conviction. Your dad told you to look the words up, so what brought you to conviction? So what brought me to conviction was was in that search, in, in looking up things uh, that were being told to me by the church versus, versus things that were being taught to me in the world. Um, I went on kind of a search. I looked at different world religions a couple that I just kind of glossed over because they only elevated self and kind of your own mental um, abilities were like Buddhism, Hinduism, that sort of thing. And I wasn't drawn into that because, again, I have a Christian background and I can see that there's there's an intelligent designer. There's something, something there. Um, and it, it didn't seem like those religions clicked. Uh, mm. It didn't seem like that was the reality of the situation. Um, I looked at the Abrahamic religions. They seemed to all point to the same individual, Jesus Christ, and that's that's what I settled on. But there were different world philosophies that I looked at and was were, were drawn to. I think it was Aristotle and his, his ethics that he talked about. I was really drawn to that. Uh, but again, it, it fell flat when it came to actual the actual foundation for morality uh, and, and what man is supposed to be. I liked Stoicism. 
I, I'm still drawn a little bit to Stoicism. One of my favorite authors is Marcus Aurelius, because some of the things he says, they are true. Sure, they don't come necessarily from the Bible, but there's some truth to some of the things that he says. Uh, and and he, I think even he looked up to Christians himself. Yeah. Um, but again, they didn't answer the question, what is the purpose of life? Where does life come from? Uh, and they fell flat once again. So what really brought me into conviction was this individual that the the Abrahamic religions pointed to, which was Jesus Christ. Mm. Not only was the religion I was raised in, did it point to Jesus Christ, Christianity, but the the root religion, Judaism, pointed to it. And, and the other offshoots like uh, Mohammedism or Islam, they pointed to the same character. They even referenced the same character. Uh, one of the funniest things about Islam to me is there's a catch-22. Uh, Muhammad said that Jesus was a prophet, and you look at the things Jesus said, if he was a prophet, he says, I am the Christ. So either Muhammad is calling Jesus a prophet, he's a false prophet, or <laughs> uh, Jesus is right and he is Lord. So uh, I ended up really focusing on Christ then and going back to to what I was taught and seeing that it truly was the truth, and that convicted me. Yeah. Um, my dad, again, in, in his Christian evidences class, it, it was one of the things that drew him in, and it really drew me in. Back in... 2008, 2009, I think it's still a publication today, it was Think Magazine. I don't know if you guys have oh, yeah. are familiar with it, but Focus Press. Um, I was a younger person at the time, and I think they even put out a, a teen magazine called Cow. I don't think they do it now. Um, but that was, again, uh, reaffirming some of the things that I was being taught at the church and, and being able to read those articles. Christian evidences were being presented a whole lot in those. And again, it just reestablished what I was doing. And just one day, I realized... I need to give my life to this character, Jesus Christ, that's being talked about, this person that is being proven with these Christian evidences, uh, everything from, from science to archaeology. It, it proves everything the Bible says about this character. Uh, I need to give my life to him. And I did that at age 15. Yeah. You grew up in the church, Church Christ, Calhoun, right? Yes, and then you, you went ahead and you studied all these before you were baptized at 15. You went through all that. Yeah, so it was actually a whole lot of fun in doing that. We uh, When did you start? What age? So I was probably about 13 when I started questioning this sort of thing. Okay. Um, my dad was real big on Christian evidences, and again, he taught it a whole lot at the church. We would meet on Wednesday nights and even talk about it. But I started about age 13. Now, call me old school, but in my household, we had actual books, encyclopedias, not, not Wikipedia. <laughs> and I was able to look into uh, all these religions. Um, I don't even have a set of, of encyclopedias today, you know, but we, we have the internet to do all this kind of research, which makes it nice. Um, but we had encyclopedias, so I did a lot of study. There was a couple of books I picked up on myself uh, by myself, uh, Religions of the World, I think it was published by National Geographic. I was able to really look into these things. And I still used a computer for some of them. And uh, anyway, I, I was able to examine some of these things, at least on the surface, and, and get a feel for what they taught, and, and still, still came to the conclusion that, that Christ was the answer and Christianity was the answer. Mm -hmm. And how did your, did your parents know you were doing this? Uh, my dad a little bit because I'd yeah. come to him asking questions about question. some yeah, of the hey, things. Hey, go look it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Hey, go look it up. Yeah. And I respect my dad for yeah. that because every single one of my siblings has gone through something a little similar where where they questioned what they were going through, but then because um, my dad and I was homeschooled actually, um, and we we would study some of what the world was teaching, and that's where a lot of this questioning began. Um, but having the ability and our dad teaching us how to go look things up. 
I think because he did that, it, it made it um, made it easier for us to settle on on what we were being taught because we could look it up ourselves and, and come to a conclusion ourselves. Yeah, being uh, taught uh, how to think, not what to think. Exactly. Yeah, and like you just said, uh, how to think about what we're being told. It's it, we're being told what to think yeah. about it, and that's happened for a number of years. Um, try and get away from that and, and not have presuppositional Christianity. Yeah, and we shouldn't be afraid of the Bible being questioned even by our children. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, right? Because we've questioned and we've studied, we've found the Bible to be truth, right? Yep. And so we shouldn't be afraid that, oh, this time it may not be true. I mean, come on, that's a, that's yeah. ridiculous, right? And I believe that uh, God wants us to ask him tough questions. He wants us to be engaged in that way. And uh, just to be that blind faith, I, you know, that idea of blind faith, I think is comical because our faith is based off of evidence uh, and realities. And just to having this blind uh, following uh, is, a, is a trap. Uh, and so to have this questioning heart at a young age, at, at 13, you know, that's, uh, you may not think you were young, but man, you were, that's, that's a young age to be going through this type of, uh, you know, uh, thinking. And it's a, uh, you're to be commended for. I mean, that's that's a great uh, uh, that's a great beginning and a great uh, uh, start to a, uh, uh, a any any Christian's life is to have that type of honest questioning uh, of of God, uh, who He is, and what what that is in our life and how we can respond to that. Yeah, building a great foundation for sure. Yeah, and again, uh, I got to give a lot of credit to my family for that, and really the church that, that was founded there in, in, in Calhoun, or at least planted there in Calhoun. Uh, we didn't have a full-time preacher. Here's something that, that's interesting for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, we didn't have a full-time preacher for a number of years. And since Calhoun is only about two hours from Bear Valley, we had Bear Valley students uh, that were training to become preachers, come and preach for the congregation for a number of years. And, and that's one of the things that actually drew me into ministry, uh, is seeing the Bible being taught, and not just the Bible being taught to these guys, but watching them come in uh, wet behind the ears, I think is the way the phrase is said, <laughs> yeah. uh, come in and, 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 and preach to a congregation they've met, never met, uh, and then get to know us, and then we get to know them, and over the two years that they're there at the school, we would see a tremendous amount of growth. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're being told what to think or, or being told, well, this is the way that the Church of Christ has to do this or that. They're being told how, how to think. Uh, at Bear Valley, uh, me going through Bear Valley, I know that firsthand is, is we're taught how to study more than told what to study, if that makes sense. Well, of course, we study the Bible, but uh, we really saw that growth. And that's something that just kind of uh, made me grow interest in, in going to that preaching school there in Bear Valley. So taking you back to us, we're not quite there yet. So yep. now 2010, you went ahead and started assisting the, the preacher at Callahan, right? Right. So we did have Bear Valley students come and preach uh, for a number of years. And then in about 2010, uh, we hired a preacher. His name's Tom Wright. And I don't think he has any problem with me bringing up his name in this podcast. Uh, he mentored me from that point uh, that he was hired. He saw that there was an interest in me uh, that was actually instilled. I guess I have to back up a little bit. Um, while we were meeting with uh, Bear Valley students preaching for us, we had somebody move to our congregation from Northern California, and, okay. and he noticed that there was a lot of young men in the congregation, me, my two brothers, uh, and then my three uh, male cousins. You know, we had some young Christians in the congregation, and he had 
a great idea in starting a leadership class at the church in where he uh, gave us a responsibility to teach devotionals. He taught us how to lead singing, uh, gave us good pointers on how to lead prayers, uh, used Matthew, I think it's Matthew and Luke chapter 6, both of them where we see the Lord's Prayer, used that as kind of a basis for how to, how to lead public prayer, uh, how to conduct yourself when you're, you're passing around the tray for the Lord's Supper. So mm-hmm. uh, church leadership was something that he taught us, and, and that's when I noticed uh, I liked to, to study something, and when I understood it, share it with others. Uh, and, and that was a talent I had. Mm-hmm. When I learned something, I wanted to share it with other people. And that's when I noticed that. That's when I initially had kind of the interest to preach. You know, was beginning teaching 15-minute devotional Sunday night. Uh, had the initial, I can do this, and, and I like doing it. I like being able to study something, wrestle with it, and then when I understand it, share it with others. Uh, and that's what really initially started drawing me in. And then in 2010, we hired Tom Wright. The congregation hired Tom Wright uh, to preach for them. And he had his own evangelism program that he would have people go through to teach them how to evangelize the community. Uh, I commend Tom for that because it's something I think that is, is lacking a little bit here in the United States is teaching people to, to be evangelistic. It's something that we're missing just a little bit. I don't know if you guys have experienced that uh, as much as I have, but uh, a lot of people, they're taught to go to church and they're not told how to, to share what they're being taught in church. And, and Tom really focused on that. And uh, he took me under his wing. We would meet together. I think it was either every Monday or every Tuesday. We'd have a Subway sandwich, and we'd go through one of 30 lessons. We'd study it out together, uh, learn how to evangelize to people, and then we'd go door knocking uh, during the day. I'm not a fan of door knocking, (laughs) but it's something I think, and and Wayne Berger from Bear Valley will tell you this, it's something that we've got to do because if it saves one soul, it's worth it. We've got to do it. Uh, So as much as I disdain door knocking and the sore knuckles you have after knocking about 500 doors in a week. Um, (laughs) It's something that is necessary and and useful. So we would do that. Uh, He taught that course, taught us, taught me once again to how to study God's word and present it to others. And that was very good. I I got to tag along with him on a lot of one-on-one Bible studies. That was kind of him and his wife's main thing is having one-on-one Bible studies, in-home Bible studies with other people. And again, I, I saw the interest in doing that uh, and that I had an interest and a talent in helping him along with that. We met with dozens of people in the, the Calhan area, uh, studying the Bible with them, studying the topics that we would study together, and then sharing it with other people. And, and that's something that I grew to love the more and more uh, I did it with him. So I did that for about two years um, while he was there, 2010 to 2012. During that time period, I think it was actually 2009 was the first time I may have went was to the future preachers training camp in bear valley and i think you're familiar with that yeah i've i've gone to it and so is alec yeah we've uh we are alumni (laughs) i think we went to the very first year yeah but uh yeah i think i I may have may have went to 2009 i may have missed that one but i started going to the future preachers training camp and that really helped me people like brett petrillo there the youth minister at bear valley would help me along with my uh, little eight minute talks that we would do uh and again, we, we were taught how to put together lessons, and I, that was something I loved. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, so 2010, that's there. And then you took over in 15 for becoming a full-time pulpit minister for Calhan, right? Right, in between there. So I, I Yeah, was, what happened between that? So I was a member of Calhan for uh, most of my childhood, and Tom Wright being the preacher there, uh, 
they thought it would be a good idea to to send me to school and help me help support me to go through school. And uh, of course, I thought that was a good idea too. I had the interest. I had uh, the bug. I had the calling to go do that. Always interested. Again, we had Bear Valley students preaching for us all the time and seeing the growth uh, in, in those students. It was something that interested me. I knew Bear Valley was something I wanted to do. Probably from about about the time I was baptized, about age 15, is something I wanted to do. I uh, had an interest in being taught the leadership. Uh, so that's where I was kind of uh, pointing my life to go. Yeah, so there's I, nothing wrong with wanting that, right? Nothing wrong with wanting to have that spiritual growth. We're supposed to have that. Exactly. Yeah. Want, wanted to grow. I didn't want to be stagnant. And again, I, I knew that if I wasn't studying it to teach others, that I, I would very easily uh, fall away from studying. Not fall away, but I would become stagnant in what I was yeah. practicing, right? And it wouldn't have the, the relationship I felt I needed with God if I wasn't studying and then studying to share with other people. Um, something that's always helped me in my faith is knowing what I'm studying is something necessary for me, but necessary for others as well. Being able to share that uh, and, and wrestle through it and have a Bible class about it and a discussion about it, that's always helped me in my faith, being able to do that with other people. It's so. that, that family aspect, right? Because I know that when something exciting happens in my life, who do I want to talk to? I want to talk to my family. Yeah. I want to tell them about it. And it's the same. I see that in you. This is like you're, this is your family. You want to tell them about it. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and that's something that we should be excited about. We have the good news. And it's something we should be zealous about. It's something we should want to share. And we forget that God had a vision <laughs> with the church that we are to be a group that encourages one another edifies one another and educates one another in all these things. And uh, anyway, I didn't see my life without being part of that. Um, I, I knew that that was something I, I had to be doing, not only for the sake of keeping me in God's word, um, but looking at the world around me, I, I wanted to share that with others and, and maybe cause the same kind of excitement, the same kind of zeal in them. Yeah, very cool. So 2015, you graduate Bear Valley. Graduate Bear Valley. I went, uh, did the two-year program, and it's a, a full bachelor's program in two years. And as many have described it before me, it's like trying to drink out of a fire hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> connected to a fire hydrant, right? Yeah. And, and it was. But the main thing you learn at a, uh, and it's something that the main thing that you should learn at a preaching school is, is, is how to study. And that's what I learned at Bear Valley. Uh, and uh, I've stuck with that and, and really learned to study myself. And, and I think that's key. Uh, for everyone. That's why we're teaching it at, uh, at, at Gunnison right now is, is how to read the Bible because if, if you can learn how to read it, uh, I, I think you'll get more excited about reading it. Um, so after Bear Valley, Calhoun, they supported me to go through school and about the time I graduated, I had a couple of opportunities come up to preach. Uh, one of them was actually Gunnison Church of Christ. <laughs> uh, the other one was Calhoun and I can't remember what the other one was, but uh, at that same time period, uh, it just didn't work out where Gunnison was where I was going to go, and Calhoun was where I ended up wanting to go back to. And at that same time, Tom Wright had become more and more ill. He progressively got more ill. Uh, Tom Wright was one who fought in the Vietnam War and became ill with the uh, Agent Orange. So he's got a couple of diseases that go along with that. And at that time period, it was not looking good for Tom. So I filled the pulpit in my home congregation. And uh, I loved doing that. It was two years of that. Um, but it was kind of a, an eye-opening situation where 
I'm a young man going into this work that was already well established by somebody before me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could see there was areas that I needed to grow while I was there. Uh, and I had a hard time uh, personally because it was my home congregation doing that, being in the same place I grew up with. There were some things holding me back from growth. So I, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed my two years there. Tom Wright, after two years, they, they put him on a, a better medication. He was able to resume full-time preaching there. Um, That's but I amazing. Wouldn't, I wouldn't trade uh, the experience there, though, because I was able to, to put together lessons on a weekly basis and, and, and study the Bible with, with people that I knew loved the Bible. I had a support group behind me, and I knew uh, that what I was, was teaching, I had people there to back me with it, right? Um, honing your craft, too. I mean, and, you and were just, honing the craft, just getting right? into it, right? Just getting into it. And uh, some of the, f- the, the more important years of ministry is what I was told in school, at least. And I, I agree now, looking back, the more important years is, is your first couple of years because you'll you'll get a feel for how you're going to work, right? Um, and, and the work ethic you have. You obviously have to have a good work ethic going through uh, Bear Valley in a school that intense. Um, but I noticed that once I didn't have the pressure of having tests to, fill, uh, to, to do, uh, I became a little lazy in that work. And that was one of the things that I had to work on, uh, knowing that. So incidentally, I met a couple of... Uh, members while I was going to the Bear Valley Church of Christ, and uh, they called me one day. This is right after Tom was starting to get better. They called me, and uh, they remembered me from school, and they remembered I'd wear a black cowboy hat every day to school, and uh, they thought of me, and I, I don't know what, what caused them to think of me. I, I, I didn't have a terribly good relationship with them at that point, but they called me, and come to find out they owned a ranch in Gunnison. Right, yep. <laughs> uh, and they said that the the church there was was looking for a minister again, and this is in uh, I think 2017, maybe uh, two years after I graduated, and here I'm thinking, well, it's the second time I'm being called to this work, so I try out to go preach at Gunnison, Colorado, and I I spent I think it was three weeks up here, preached a couple of sermons, and lo and behold, I I wasn't selected to to preach. Uh, preach at that time, which that was okay with me. Went back to preaching for Calhoun, and that was all good. Um, but uh, these members uh, of Gunnison, they really wanted me there at that congregation. So they asked me again if they I would come work with them working on a ranch, a 300-acre hay and cattle ranch here in Gunnison, Colorado. And me having a country background, I couldn't let that down. <laughs> yeah. So you'd worked on a ranch before. Well, uh, I grew up on a farm. Okay. <laughs> I grew up on a farm, not a ranch. We raised, my grandfather raised cattle. Uh, we raised goats, horses, chickens, pigs, everything for from hens laying eggs to having pigs for, for raising pork, meat, and that sort of thing. So I grew up on a farm and had that background. And I thought I was very good at that until uh, I worked on a ranch for a while, working with 300 head of cattle uh, and working on a hay ranch. I learned a whole lot on that ranch. Um, so preaching at that time. And preaching at that time, that's right. Uh, I did not give up ministry fully. Again, the goal wasn't to to get away from preaching. I knew that this is still something deeply, um, a calling I feel still deeply with inside me, that I, I want to preach, I want to be doing it. But back in 2018 was when this was going on, when I when I came to, to work on the ranch. Um, I said, this, is, this would be a good time for me to see really what direction I want to take. Do I want to be a full-time pulpit minister? Do I want to be a youth minister? Do I want to be an assistant manager, minister? And that was something I was leaning more towards, um, but I did not want to give up on ministry. 
but I saw it as an opportunity to grow, right? Get out, get away from the home, get away from uh, that support group and, and kind of grow on my own uh, and, and become a little more self-sufficient in the world uh, and become my own man, as it were. So I was able to do that on the ranch. And in, in this time, I preached for a couple of congregations. I preached at Montrose a time or two. Uh, at least was asked a couple of times, wasn't able to with the busy ranch work, but I had preached there a couple of times. Um, but I really ended up helping a smaller congregation in Delta, Colorado, mm-hmm. and, and got to preach with them and get to know them quite well. Uh, and then was preaching off and on here at Gunnison a couple of times. I really did more preaching from the pew than the pulpit here in Gunnison. There was a lot of work to be done in Bible studies, that sort of thing at that time. Uh, and I was able to to teach the Bible as a as a member of the congregation versus as being part of the leadership of that congregation. But I was able to do that a lot. And then working on the ranch, I was able to personally grow and, and, and get rid of some things in my life that were either A, destructive, or just didn't need to be part of a Christian's life and, mm-hmm. and was able to work those out, uh, work out the kinks in my life, get that out of the way so that did that didn't become a stumbling block in my ministry. I uh, was able to work that out, and then I ended up loving working on the ranch and did that for a number of years. The, the lady uh, that I worked for, uh, she supported me through school. She supported me on my first work at Calhoun, and, and she's always pushed me back towards ministry. And the way that she looked at it, and I love the way she explained it, uh, she said, even Moses spent 40 years tending sheep before he was to lead Israel. And uh, she said that she saw that in me a little bit, where I, I needed to go learn how to herd cattle and get frustrated and, and learn how to deal with Animals, not calling people animals, but sometimes yeah. <laughs> they have learning a, how to deal with your own self and how you handle your emotions. Right, and that's that's one thing. I tried out for another preaching job while I was here in Gunnison, and uh, one of the elders of this congregation uh, in the area, uh, he heard that I was a rancher and dealing with animals, and he said, "So, so you probably have been able to deal with your temper quite well, haven't you, as a rancher?" And <laughs> I had to say, "Yeah, I, I'd worked that out of my life. You know, dealing with 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 cattle was able to get that out and and able to." have some patience uh, grow in that area. Um, But one of the main things I I learned on the ranch, and and this is something that I think was invaluable for me, was work ethic. I was able to triple uh, the kind of work ethic that I had when I was first preaching for Calhoun Church of Christ. I spend more time studying uh, God's Word than ever uh, before because I have that, that ranch mentality. One of the first days that I worked on the ranch, I got a cold. Oh no! <laughs> and it was a bad cold. I think it was more more a flu than the cold. And uh, I feel really bad, but looking back at it, I laugh at it. But I woke up early in the morning to get ready for work. Uh, I call my my ranch manager, and I tell him I'm not feeling really well. I'm feeling kind of sick. And he says, "Okay, well, I'll see you at work anyways." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I, I really didn't go to work. I still had that kind of lazy mentality early early in my life. And uh, I sat on my couch and I fell asleep. I fell asleep because I wasn't feeling well, and I, I wake up to my telephone ringing at 8.30, and it is uh, the ranch manager's wife wondering why uh, they had brought on this unreliable cow hand, you know, <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, I did not mean to do that. I am right back out there working, and, and from that day forward, uh, I started working on the ranch much harder and having a better work ethic. She told me something I'll never forget. She said, uh, ranchers, we don't take days off. And, and that's something we as preachers don't do either. We don't have days off. Uh, I, like to, I like to joke with people that Sunday's my day off because I only have to preach the lesson and, and talk with people. Um, 
but uh, we never really have a day off, and uh, we're always called to do some sort of work, some in, in, at some capacity on a daily basis. So uh, we never have our days off, and that really instilled in me again uh, work ethic and loving the work. And uh, it was very it's vastly different. These past ten months working with the Gunnison congregation, it's vastly different than my ministry in Calhoun. When I was working in Calhoun, I would struggle to have enough material to preach or teach a class for an hour, right? Even coming out of Bear Valley, I, I would have that struggle. Uh, it was more just throw together an outline real quick and, and study something we studied in school just a year or two ago. And uh, I would struggle to have enough material. Now, <laughs> it is so hard trying to fit what I study in a week into 15, 20 minutes to an hour for a Bible class. Uh, now I'm preaching from the overflow because of this work, work ethic. So maybe uh, my ranch manager's wife was right that maybe I needed to learn how to, to tend sheep, tend cattle, and, and get a work ethic before starting to preach. And I think that's something that benefited me uh, in my ministry. Yeah, definitely sounds like it did, for sure. So are you married at this time? Yes, I am married. Uh, so when were you married? So I was married while I was going to the Bear Valley uh, congregation while I was going to school. I was married in 2013, and my wife's going to get mad at me if I don't get the date right, so I've got to get it right <laughs> yeah, now. You better. We want to look it up? We can pause. We, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've got it now. It was just a, a oh, oh, no, it was a month ago, <laughs> um, October. Give me a second. Now I'm getting it wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It is October 18th, 2013. We... We, uh, we got married just a couple of months after we began school okay. uh, at Bear Valley. We didn't live together at, at all times while we were going to school. Uh, again, the work ethic at Bear Valley uh, and having the apartment situation that we were in, we were kind of back and forth, and she had her own college classes. So first couple of years of marriage were a little different for, for me than some people, um, but we've been married now for eight years. So yeah, let me get that one right at least. Yeah. <laughs> we've been married for eight years. And then right out of school, uh, I think it was in February while we were still going to school, uh, we found out that we were pregnant with our first son, Ethan. Uh, so a lot of excitement coming right out of school, starting yep. new ministry, and then having our, our first kid. Uh, again, that was a whole lot of fun dealing yep. with that new dynamic of, the, of, of growing a family in this new first work. Yep. And then since then, we moved out to, to Gunnison while we were eight months pregnant with our second child, Marcus. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a whole lot of fun as well. Oh, yeah. So. You had to carry all the boxes at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. On that move. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So you kind of seem like just listening to your story, not knowing you at all, that your beginning in ministry, there was like you poured gasoline on it. Like you got it going fast at a young age too, really. Yeah, and I think that had a lot to do with the, the network of people that I had, you know, starting out with somebody that had moved to our congregation, starting leadership classes, to Tom Wright uh, kind of putting the fire under me to study the Bible with other people, and then seeing the growth in, in other preachers, uh, I, I wanted that. I wanted to be part of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Bear Valley was something I glorified in my mind just a little bit because I saw what, what they were producing, and I, I spent my life wanting to get there, uh, and I got there and went through it. Uh, that was kind of a goal in life. And then when you accomplish a goal, um, see, I, I got, I felt accomplished at the time, but again, my first year of ministry, I, I'm going to say it, I had a, a hard time because I accomplished that goal and then I didn't know what to do with myself after I've yeah, accomplished that goal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so there was a little bit of looking again and what, where I could better myself still, uh, mm -hmm. in that ministry and, uh, 
moving from Calhoun to Gunnison was one of those things that I, I felt was a step in the right direction to learn more about who I am uh, and who I'm going to be as a minister. So, so during that time, any spiritual hard times? Like you seemed like you had like a lot of fire and a lot of Bible studies. Any type of difficulties? Yeah. So, going back to 2009, right after I had been baptized, uh, a couple of years after that, I started uh, working secularly. I had a job at a feed store, and then I started working at a at a restaurant at the at night, uh, a Mexican restaurant where I was supposed to just be washing dishes, but ended up doing everything for that restaurant, yeah. everything from <laughs> making burritos to, to managing money. It was, it was an interesting dynamic. But uh, even though I had grown up in the church, even though I, I knew the values and the morals that, that a Christian was to have, uh, there was a disconnect between what I believed and the way I conducted myself for a number of years. Uh, and, and it got to the point where I was struggling with the things I was doing versus the things that I, I believed and and things that I was convicted by. My actions were not lining up with with what I what I believed. And uh, more than anything, my conscience uh, kind of geared me back into that. Um, again, that network of people that I see, great people in my mind that were Christians, uh, I knew they wouldn't approve of that sort of thing. And that helped steer me uh, back in the right direction. But um, growing up in the church, I wasn't always a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that's something that I, I, I've seen with some people as they grow up in the church and, and they feel like they've always been saved. Uh, and, and at some point, we need to realize that we are sinners too and, and that we need Jesus just as much as anybody else, even if we've grown up in, a, in the church, even in the church background. We need Jesus just as much as, as the worst of the worst. Paul uh, himself called himself the, the chief of among sinners, right? Uh, and yet you look at Paul, the ministry he had, and he was able to not only accomplish much, but be a good example to us who've grown up in the church. Paul grew up a child of God in in, in Israel, and uh, I feel kind of similar to him. I'm drawn to Paul. I talk to a lot of people at this congregation, and a lot of them, they're drawn to Peter. They're, they're drawn to David. They love those Bible characters. Uh, whereas me, kind of having a similar background to Paul. I, I'm drawn to him where I'm educated, right? Yeah. Uh, I grew up uh, being steeped uh, in Christianity, uh, and yet I still see that there's areas to grow, as, as Paul did. So Very cool. So you've been here for 10 months now. 10 months now. 10 months now. How is, how is this ministry going for you? It has been very interesting. It, is, it has been much different than I expected it to be. Uh, different struggles, both uh, from the family end of things, moving into ministry again, uh, full time, and then being a pulpit minister, it's it's been, it's it's had its ups and downs, but the the vast majority of experiences I've had in the past ten months have been been very good. Yeah. It's it's a little bit different than I expected it to be here in Gunnison, uh, but uh, it is going very well. Well, also showing up during COVID probably didn't help anything. Yeah, and and that's one thing that we've been trying to to fight against just a little bit is getting some of the people that haven't been coming back to church since the pandemic, uh, trying to get them to come back. So, again, another interesting dynamic that plays a part in ministry uh, at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, fantastic story. I mean, it was a great story uh, from from an early age. Super educated. I mean, I could tell you're you're a really smart guy, and it's a uh, uh, it's a really encouraging story to hear uh, somebody in, from from such a young age having these deep uh, religious uh, questions, and then 
seeking the answers and then wanting to be in that ministry role from even a young age. Uh, And so part of the purpose of this podcast is asking those that are in the ministry role, uh, what is, how do we pass this on to the next generation? And this, and our, our, our verse, our, our mission statement, so to speak, is that second Timothy chapter two, verse two, where Paul's writing to Timothy saying, find these faithful men that'll be able to teach others also. And my question then to you is, uh, you're you're more uh, our age in the I would consider ourselves younger <laughs> uh, than <laughs> than most of our uh, 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 you know ministers out there, uh, and so not necessarily how do I pass this on to the next generation, but how do I maintain that uh, fire to want to be in this ministry role, and then how do I encourage others my age and others uh, around us to. Uh, want to be in this type of role, uh, even though it is, it comes with its struggles, it comes with hardships and all these different things with it, but there's that reward that we have in, in the ministry role. How do we do that? Uh, what would be your advice uh, to those listening? Right. Something I, I said while I was going through the school at Bear Valley to, to people around me uh, to encourage them was, if I can do it, you can do it too. Uh, here you have some homeschooled uh, country bumpkin, right? <laughs> and I'm able to go through uh, an accredited Bible school, Bible college, and, and, and get a degree doing that. I'm able to look at God's Word and, and, and at least attempt to grasp what God has for me in life and, and what He instructs all of mankind to do. And, and if I can do it, you can do it too. That's that's one of the, the, the great encouragements that I can give, at least from my perspective, is is looking at my background and, and, and where I come from. If I can do it, you can do it too. You know, when I first started school, I hardly knew how to type on a laptop, and that's what we were supposed to be using <laughs> to take our notes for school, right? Yeah. And if I can learn that, uh, you can do it too. Um, again, one of the things to encourage those listening, uh, I think learning how to read the Bible and learning and, and, and at least studying it yourself, just read it, just, just learn and Learn how to articulate it to others is something that has always uh, helped me uh, with God's Word. Put yourself in a, in a position uh, to where you have a responsibility to the text, and, and that helps. That's always helped me. Uh, it's Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, where we are to rightly handle the Word of God. Well, how do you do that if you never dive into it? If you never know it, yep. Right? Uh, if you're not trying to wrestle with the things that you're, you're reading in there, and question it again, you know, and, and look for the answers because God's given us the answers for everything that we need to know in life. If we don't challenge ourselves to look for those things, we'll never find them. So put yourself in a, in a place of responsibility to the text where either it's for your own benefit or the benefit of others. And that's, that'll help you. That, that's something that has greatly helped me at least. Yeah. And I can, I can really relate to that as far as in the last year, finally starting to step up into teaching if you want to call it preaching, <laughs> that's a very loose term. But I've done that one or one or two times, right? And so, but like you say, taking that ownership, I from my secular job, when I teach some a discipline, I know it a lot better than when I just go to the class and learn the discipline, right? Because I right. actually have to take ownership of it, and I think that's what you're trying to get at is taking ownership of it. Exactly. I think you get a much better understanding of key concepts in the Bible, like baptism, for instance, uh, or grace. 
if you dive in yourself and, and try and study them yourself and, and do it in a way that makes sense to you so that you can, can share it with others and not sound, not sound like an idiot, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can do that, then I, I, I think you're growing. I think you're, you're being able to, to get a grasp of, of, of what you're studying uh, if you can share it with others. Yeah. And also you're not going to connect with everyone, but you can connect with people, a lot of people, right? Right. Yeah. So one of the articles I read, um, beginning of this year when I was getting back into ministry, uh, I can't remember the title of it. It was sent to me by one of my preacher friends, but uh, the question was, why preach anyways, right? And it was written, I think, by uh, a preacher for a number of years. And in the article, he talked about how it's difficult to get up and, and have a lesson each and every Sunday, and it's it's hard to be motivated to do that. But then one day he received a letter, and in the letter it said from one of his sermons that he just nonchalantly got up and preached and, and studied briefly for a week, uh, that it was able to motivate somebody to, to deepen their faith with God. And if we can do that, uh, it's it's good. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I need a drink right now. That's all right. Okay, yeah, so what we've we've noticed when we said we started this podcast, we really don't care about ratings or who how many listeners we have. Like, if we can help one person, it's all been worth it. Right? Mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Mission accomplished. And and that's right. You got to look at this as a mission. Uh, my ministry, I look at it as a mission. You know, if I can just help one soul, uh, and I think that was Paul's uh, mission himself so that he could win the more, I think is the way that he said it. Uh, that should be the attitude of every Christian. We should, we should live our lives in such a way, study the Bible in such a way, so that we can win at least somebody. And as long as something that we're doing, something that we're saying is glorifying God, trying to bring others to, to glorify God as well, I think we're in a pretty good position. Yeah. And not becoming stagnant in our faith. Something I've dealt with a little bit, I de I'll dealt with it in Calhoun, I've dealt with it here in Gunnison and some of the other minor ministries that I've been a part of is, is where Christians have become complacent and stagnant um, where they are. And we need to remember that, again, it's the good news that we have. It's something to be excited about. We are in uh, the church of Christ, the church of God, and it's something that we should be excited about. And, and here's something I heard in a podcast. I can't remember who it was from, but they said that Christians are the most powerful people in the world. And that was eye-opening. Like, we are. We have the power of prayer on our side. We have the power of Almighty God on our side. We truly are the most powerful people in the world. And and if if we realize that and and use that to our advantage, we can <laughs> we can point people to God and ask God to point us and give us opportunities to point people to God. And we know He's going to give us that opportunity. And we need to remember that's the power we have as Christians. We have God's word. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We have that, and it's something that we need to, to take great care with. Well, uh, I didn't have any more uh, questions right off the top of my head. Uh, was there something else that you wanted to uh, talk about before we uh, close up the, the podcast today? Was there something, anything else on your mind? Or well, I have actually have a question. What are you, what are you doing here in, in Gunnison as far as, like, mission-type work right because we've, we've talked about this before the podcast that mountain towns it's it's mission work being in a mountain town right yeah being a, a mountain town it is a mission work and yep. there's a lot of smaller towns uh around gunnison that that have people that need the gospel preached to them too so uh, a lot of the area we try and do some some reaching out to uh, gunnison's a very cool town uh 
it's a it's a tourist town for a lot of people. It's a ranch town for a lot of the people in the area. Um, it's a university town. And it is a yeah. university yeah. town. <laughs> and that's that's where a lot of my ministry has been geared to in the past 10 months is is trying to get a foothold in the college. That's not working out. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get a foothold around the college and, and working with students there. We've got contact uh, with people in the school. Some of our members have kids that are going to the school. So we're trying to reach out to that group. Yeah, it's kind of a transient group that we're preaching to, but they need Jesus just as well. Even if they're not going to come to our building longer than uh, the time that they're here at school, uh, they need Jesus. So uh, we're trying to reach them, and it's been difficult uh, the way a lot of universities are. It's a little difficult to get Jesus in there, um, but it's something that we're working hard on. Um, So we're working there. Uh, We're working on a couple other fronts. Again, uh, I hate to say this, but door knocking is something that we need to do in Gunnison. Yeah. I haven't done it in the 10 <laughs> yeah. months I've been here. Um, well, it's a little, it's hard right But now, that's one but of the evangelism yeah. uh, things that we're thinking of. Uh, right now, we're talking with a contact at House to House, Heart to Heart. Um, and I think that's a good uh, publication to at least get our foot in the door with some people in the community. Um, but one of the key things that I didn't do while I was in Calhoun, and it's something I think is a, a big part of evangelizing, trying to share Jesus, trying to share the good news, is building relationships with people. And, and that's something I've tried to do a whole lot here in Gunnison is, is store clerks, uh, cashiers, people at football games. Because, again, we're at a university town. You meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is build relationships with people, build relationships with the ranchers. Uh, I worked on a ranch for three years and, and got to know the type of attitude that the ranchers here have. Um, the kind of attitude that the workers in general have here. And knowing kind of the dynamic of the people that are here, it's given me something to preach to and illustrations that can ring home with them and, and being able to, to come to them from where they are in life and say, hey, I've lived through that too. Uh, I'm able to build a relationship with them and then show them the better, different way of Christianity through that. Isn't that what Paul says to be, be, be that to whoever you are, right? Yeah. To the, be the all things was to weak all and men. To the strong, you know, that's right. That's what he talked about. Right. And I've heard it called, you know, this, it's called friendship evangelism. Uh, this idea of going to where your audience is on their level, where they are, befriending them, showing them that you have, you want to have this personal relationship with them and no strings attached. I, I'm just your friend. Uh, yep. and, Hopefully, out of the course of the friendship, you can uh, uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Uh, but the the first goal is just, I want to be a part of your life. Yeah. I want to be where you are uh, and hopefully uh, influence you in that way. Right. Our, our uh, conduct, our behavior in life is something that we know can reach people. And just being around them, being part of the community will help. And uh, looking back at the past three and a half years I've been here in Gunnison, I, I was called to Gunnison three times. You know, right out of school, I had a preaching opportunity, and it fell through. I, I was called again, and I preached here uh, uh, in 2017, 18. I was interviewed. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I came back to Gunnison for an interview when they were looking for a preacher again, and, and again, that opportunity fell through. And then, uh, then the third time, I'm called out, and I, I come out and work on a ranch for three years. And I think God had a purpose in that, getting to be part of the community before becoming somebody to preach to the community, right, um, and be a part of it, I think is a, is a key aspect. Something that's going to help here in Gunnison, at yeah. least, because a lot of people, you know, you live up in this mountain town, 
the reason people live up in the mountains is to get away from people. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and they're ranchers and, and they want to do things their way. So, so being able to relate with people is, is another thing I think that can help share, share the good news and share the Lord with them. And I think God had a purpose in that for me is to get an idea of what people are like in this area to minister to them. Again, we're, we're on the western slope of the, the Colorado Rockies. And again, there's a lot of small towns that, that need the gospel preached to them. And you've got to be able to relate to, to wherever you are. So it doesn't matter where you are. Any town, if you're in the, the backwoods of South Carolina, if you're in California, you've got to be able to relate with people around you. But you also need to show them that your conduct in that situation is something that reflects Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, actually last Sunday, we just talked about the, the paralytic being lowered in front of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the friends of the paralytic and how they put the paralytic before Jesus. And then how we need to be those friends and put people before Jesus. And sometimes we got to think outside the box, like digging a hole in the roof and lowering him down into a room full of crowded people, right? So we can't just go straight on like we may think is the best way. Sometimes we got to get creative. Right. And I mean, coming from a ranching background, I'm, I'm kind of a handyman. I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I'm kind of a handyman coming off of a ranch and able to do a number of things. Even in the 10 months I've been here, I've been able to help members and other people in our community do things like forestry business, cutting down trees, going and helping them in their businesses uh, because I've had that background to cry, try and help them and, and, and again, show them Christ in those situations. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, building a relationship, at least showing them, again, outside of the box. Yeah. Uh, that, that being a Christian doesn't mean just holding yourself up in a church building somewhere. It's it's actually living the life of Christ out in the world. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, right? Right. Yeah. We're in the people business. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The people and the truth business is the way I say it here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we are... So excited that you accepted our invitation to have this podcast with us, Adam. I am glad to get to know you guys yep. uh, at least a little better uh, since our paths have crossed at least some places yep. in yep. life. But not being able to talk to you guys before and being able to sit down with you guys and have a conversation, it's been amazing. And uh, I don't know about you guys, I'm going to walk away today and be greatly encouraged that there's people my age who've gone through things similar to me. Uh, I'm going to be encouraged by that uh, this week at least. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, we are too. And we're really excited to see... You and your ministry here in Gunnison, we, we drive by here. We've stopped by here, but I told you we come to worship here when we come fishing and different things. We're excited to see you. Yeah, and again, it's an interesting dynamic here in, in Gunnison. We get a lot of transient members, um, visitors. Uh, we, we call them uh, our summer folk because they, they have summer homes here. And uh, we get greatly encouraged by them. We get different groups, hunting groups, ski groups all throughout here in Gunnison. So come and see us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, thanks, Adam. Thank I you. really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys.